everybody. Welcome to Adventure Hour. Um, I'm very excited to be here today with the uh, absolutely lovely Mark Jackson. Um, my co-host Brett will hopefully be joining us partway through, um, but we have a very fun and exciting Choose Your Own Adventure today that we're going to be live arguing our way through. Um, so anyone who happens to come into the live stream in the chat, you are also um, able to to live argue your way through this as well. Um, so so you, you're allowed to put your comments and suggestions in which direction you think that we should go in the chat. Uh, highly encouraged um, because at the moment, both the people on this uh, on this uh, live stream know the story inside and out. So you know it's we argue we argue semantics. Whereas you know it'd be nice if uh, if those who don't know the story can also weigh in as well. Uh, but to give a brief uh, intro into the story that we're going to be doing in this live cast before we uh, introduce our wonderful guest, uh, we today will be doing the captain and the curse. Now, the captain and the curse. Can you see the ghosts that roam Port Adelaide? Are you brave enough to help a sailor lost in time find his way home before you too are cursed? The stones of Port Adelaide tell a story. The wind through the streets sings a sad, sad song. The history of the port is long. Many people have come here, yet some are trapped outside their time. If you listen closely, you can hear the calls of these ensnared souls. You are charged with the duty of collecting repair parts and cargo for a ghost ship in the port. Will you succeed in your quest to release the ghost trader from his curse? Or will you become another of Port Adelaide's mournful wraiths? Only you decide. So that's going to be our adventure today. I'm very excited about this. And so Mark, Jackson, who is joining us today. Um, he is the wonderful author of this particular Choose Your Own Adventure. Mark, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invite. I um, I um, didn't know anything about Port Adelaide uh, before we first uh, did this particular story, which is funny because I lived in Adelaide for like seven years. And, uh, and you would have thought, that I would have visited the port at some point, um, but I hadn't. And so this was this was just a great project to be able to get to know it better. Sure, yeah, it is a good intro to uh, to Port Adelaide. And and since I wrote the story, I actually ended up working for local government at Port Adelaide Enfield Council. <laughs> so I got to know the area even better. Nice. Well, um, I I think that it would be really awesome to to um, have you talk a little bit about. Um, the work that you do, because uh, it's different from our normal kind of like writers that 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 do choose your own adventures on the on the platform. So can you tell them a little bit about yourself and Place Jam and your background? Sure. So um, my background is actually in landscape architecture, uh, which is um, a lot to do with designing uh, with people and, and nature in mind. So I design public spaces like parks uh, and playgrounds and streetscapes. 
Um, but I'm really interested in the narrative that you can overlay in these spaces. So it's not just about the physical infrastructure that can go in there. Uh, it's about digital content that can help to enhance our experience of the public realm. Um, so certainly I see Story City as being a, a terrific initiative uh, in that kind of frame of mind. Um, and uh, I actually found out about Story City a number of years ago, and it kind of set me on a slightly different path. So I had been practicing landscape architecture for a number of years, uh, but I wanted to try to uh, experiment a bit with the, the technology that was available. And I kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole, um, got into a bit more along the lines of virtual reality and, and augmented reality. Um, went to live back in the UK for, uh, for a number of years and, and started up a company called Place Jam. Uh, which really focused on the use of um, uh, that sort of digital content to overlay in the public realm. Um, but using my knowledge of how public spaces are designed uh, and really trying to you target rushed to get to the logout uh, that market. Terminal, but it's so clearly too it was late. kind of as Pokemon Go was taking off. Um, so I tried to uh, link up a lot with um, local game designers and the games industry generally in, in the UK uh, to try and get to grips with what, what technology was available. Um, and I really got into uh, creating uh, digital models of public spaces uh, that no longer exist. So people oh, can see how, how the space kind of currently is, um, but then experience it in VR as to what it was like. So I chose a couple of different locations, um, one of which was uh, Piccadilly Gardens in, in Manchester. Um, people remember that space really fondly. Um, so I created a, a model of what that used to look like. Uh, and people could explore that. And I ended up just releasing these models for free online um, so people could could really just sort of explore them and got into a couple of the local rags and, and got a bit of um, bit of attention there. Um, but obviously COVID hit uh, and that put a few things on hold as, as I'm sure you all have experienced uh, all over the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of got back into landscape architecture in the end, but um, took on board a lot of the tools that I'd learned as a part of that Place Jam experience. Um, and because you were also working with um, the Landscape uh, Architects Institute as well over in the UK, weren't you for a little bit there? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've tried to um, keep in touch with with my roots uh, in, in landscape architecture, um, and I've done something similar since I've been back in um, in Adelaide, um, joining up with the Australian Institute of Landscape Architects and, and helping to try to progress the careers of young landscape architects here as well. Nice. I, um, I, I've had the joy to work with a couple of landscape architects, including yourself, but also um, uh, there's a Department of Landscape Architects in the University of um, uh, in QUT uh, up, in, up in Brisbane. And they actually did a time travel story uh, around the Botanic Gardens because they wanted people to understand how different landscapes not only contributed to um, environmental sustainability and city sustainability and ecology and all of those kind of things but how um it it molded into the societal needs of of um of a community as well they did a lot of um kind of uh, projects as part of like their masters tracks and 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 whatnot where they would go to um communities in Thailand that would regularly experience monsoon flooding and, and figure out different ways that like the designing of the landscape um, could not only kind of prevent the damage that those monsoons did, but then also allow for, you know, e easy access for fishing and like, you know, um, trade and, and all of those kind of things and, and taking all of that into to consideration um, along 
the, the landscape and um, it's it's a really fascinating um, look at um, how people not only interact with the city but how the city then shapes their lives and what they the activities that they do. Absolutely. And um, I think that, um, you know, the digital tool sets that we have at our disposal now, there's much more scope for, um, you know, for everyone to try and put their their ideas and, and content into into the public realm, um, you know, within within reason. Um, it doesn't just have to be, you know, onto people who've, you know, studied and trained in, in certain industries um, to have such a bearing on on how the public realm turns out. It's the general public, and and they know the most about the spaces that they live in. Um, so really, it's about putting tool sets in their hands to be able to tell stories uh, and, and add value to how we experience um, public spaces. And and I really think that that probably um, talking about stories in public spaces and um, the, the stories around people who call these locations theirs from whole bunches of, of different cultures and. Um, and community groups, um, I, I really think that if we start to allow that kind of landscape to be explored and mapped and, you know, the, 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 the community to be able to shape it, um, that it'll, it really helps to bridge cultural divides as well, right? Because um, I was uh, talking to, a, um, and hopefully maybe one day he'll come on the live stream, a, a guy who um, invented a, 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 was like a narrative mapping framework um, that allowed them to take the interviews that they would do with local residents and um, the locations that would crop up as part of the histories that they would tell and, and all of those kind of things to determine like what areas of the city um, people were really attached to, like the gardens you were talking about, and what areas people were less attached to, which might then be used to be able to turn into a community garden or a new development or like whatever that might be but he came across like a whole bunch of stories because he worked in um in in cyprus uh the island of cyprus which is um you know has greeks and and turk pop populations on there that butt heads a lot and um and there were a lot of people from both those communities that called those places theirs and had very similar connections and stories that could could really kind of be a bridge um, to some of the, the unrest that was there, um, if only there was a way to do it. Yeah, and, and having those tool sets there, you're right, it, it absolutely does uh, um, bridge bridge divides. Um, and, you know, there's so many digital tool sets that you can put in, in front of people now. Um, you know, just thinking in, in Port Adelaide alone, so um, there's a new um, uh, Aboriginal cultural centre um, that's that's going to be built on uh, Western Reserve, just next to the um, Port Inner Harbour. It's been in the pipeline for a number of years. Uh, but as part of the consultation uh, for that project, which is, was run in part by um, Wax Design, um, they used kinetic sand um, in conjunction with the local community to help sculpt models of the landscape. Uh, and within that model, they could identify um, which cultural practices would occur in each space and for which wow. part of the community each space was for. And so they were able to do a 3D scan of that model, uh, import it into the computer uh, and, and sort of run from there. Uh, but that um, kind of um, uh, textual experience, um, you know, getting your hands in, in, in amongst the model making, uh, that helped to bridge that divide, create that, that communication. Um, and so, you know, these sorts of tool sets, definitely the way forward when it comes to creative community consultation, for sure. Mm hmm. hundred percent. 
Um, and I think that uh, the other thing to also consider as well is that a lot of this kind of like public realm um, stuff, a lot of people will, um, you know, they will go to things like AR and and kind of like those the, those animated three D kind of models over the 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 um, the, the computer, um, but that doesn't necessarily appeal to a lot of people as well right like it's 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 it, it it appeals to a certain subset of the community and so that's why that's why we built story city the way that we did was so that like if you um uh you know wanted to do something around music you could if you wanted to do something around um, film you could if you wanted to do something that was like what we what, like what we have here where it's kind of like an audio based adventure like you could right um and and you could do it in a way where you didn't have to be technical you didn't need to know how to animate you didn't like need to do any of that kind of stuff it, it, it could be um uh no code and you could just use the, the media formats that you would normally use um and that was kind of the aim of it right was to provide that equalizing technology to allow that building of the digital overlay to to be more uh, prominent you do have to create that um, um, that you know uh, an inviting uh, experience, and the the, the um, bar has to be at, at such a height so that you know the level for entry people can get into it quite easily. Um, and you're right, you, you know, you don't have to need to know how to do coding um, and anything you know drastically complex. There's there's tool sets that are out there that that people can get right into. So yeah, absolutely, Story City is one of those. And um and if people go to your Place Jam website, um, what is the the URL again? If you could just give it for, for people who are listening. Um, so as of now, the um, the website is uh, no longer in existence. Boo. <laughs> um, I've Only kept on social. The, <laughs> yeah, I've kept the Twitter page uh, open um, mainly because there's links to um, the YouTube uh, Place Jam channel uh, where you can go and see fly-throughs of some of the different projects, including that Piccadilly Gardens one I mentioned. Um, I also recreated uh, a now-demolished cinema, the old Odeon uh, that used to exist on Pilgrim Street in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. Um, and I think there's a couple of videos on there as well. I, I recreated um, uh, a former landscape. It was um, uh, my grandparents' old property in uh, in McDowell in, in Brisbane, um, which uh, was then subdivided and, and built upon. So, yeah, it was it was really about trying to capture uh, kind of the memory of a space. Um, and then as I put those models out, people could see, um, you know, what it used to be like. And, it, you know, it touched on, on a nice note with a few of them, I think. Okay, well, I was going to say go to your website because you you write about the many, many, many different things that you've played with and come across and those kind of things. But go to go to the YouTube channel instead. Of, go to the go to the YouTube channel. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that Mark has all the resources that uh, that you require there. Well, um, one uh, link that I might put on there is is my uh, my old blog, which uh, isn't affiliated with Place Jam, but it was um, Public Realm Gaming on WordPress. Um, and it's uh, kind of a bit of the, the backstory about how I got into to Place Jam, but it looks like that crossover between the um, games industry and, and how the landscape had been portrayed there. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting read, I think. Awesome. Brilliant. And I'll put that in the, the show notes as well when we when we release the episode um, in, the, in the podcast and on YouTube. So um, now we come to the, the, uh, the, uh, the main... Uh, part of our our podcast, which is the read through, where we can argue our way through this choose your own adventure. Um, this week, 
those of you who have tuned in regularly will recognise that I finally figured out how to screencast a phone onto <laughs> onto the desktop so that you could actually uh, see the see the story in app format um, as well. It took me ages to figure out that previously it was just. It was just our artwork plus our street view. So now at least we we have a have a little little combo of uh, of, of all of these, which is good. Um, and uh, and and uh, and so now we we come to the to the live read part. So um, generally, Mark, what we do is um, we we if you are up for it. Um, kind of alternate uh, doing uh, the narrator and then uh, doing any speaking parts if you are open to being part of the voiceover acting side of things? I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> all right, cool. That's all we can ask, right? We're just here to have fun. Um, so I, uh, I will uh, launch us um, with um, the, the initial uh, narration side of uh things and i will get you to uh to take over any of the speaking parts so um for those of you who are watching the live stream or on the youtube channel this is our starting point in port adelaide port adelaide is uh on the coastline uh by the city of adelaide in south australia um we roamed around adelaide last week uh attempting to find treasure uh, and so Port Adelaide is, is probably 20, 20 to 25 minutes from the, from the city centre. And so this is our, uh, this is our um, uh, initial information um, uh, uh, booth here where uh, we can see that our wonderful uh, pirate uh, captain over here has, uh, has set up his shop, uh, as it were, or his, his wares. Um, and so you can see there's a lot of really kind of interesting older um, uh, heritage buildings, particularly the pub there on the corner, which we may or may not visit, depending on our choices today, uh, as well as a very interesting looking lighthouse down there. Um, so the captain and the curse, let us uh, get started with our story. All right. You are strolling leisurely down Commercial Road when your eye is drawn to a curious figure sitting outside the Visitor Information Centre. There's something nautical in the strange fellow's appearance, a long dusty trench coat and a tricorn hat. From within the folds of his coat, that's, that could have gone a very different direction, Mark. From within the folds of his coat, He's laying down a selection of old wooden toys as he gently sets a carved wooden doll upon the stained cloth before him. He becomes aware of your presence and hesitantly glances up, revealing an eye patch out of place in the 21st century. Without warning, he grabs your arm. You can see me. You jerk back, feeling the chill of his fingers as you pull free. His good eye pleads up at you. You have to help me. No one else can see me. My name is John Smith. I'm a trader, but I'm trapped in these lands. These toys are all that are left for me. And every day I lay them out in a hope of catching someone's attention, someone who might be able to help me, but people seldom see me. John trails off. There's something compelling about the man's strange claim. What do you mean? You ask. For over a hundred years, I've been trapped here. 
When I first sailed from England, it was a treacherous journey. The seas were rough and food and water were scarce. Many died, yet being stuck in time is a fate I would not wish on anyone. You wonder if he's crazy. You also can't help but wonder what's beneath the eye patch. Your curiosity gets the better of you. What happened to your eye? John's face falls and he reluctantly lifts the eye patch, exposing a darkened purple glass eye. Something swirls in the depths of the glass and you feel yourself pulled into a vision. Out of the murk emerges an ornate, carved wooden caravan on a moor in the pouring rain. Darkness presses in on all sides and you find yourself drawn to the shimmering glow of a caravan. Inside, a cloaked figure is hunched over a candlelit table strewn with precious stones. The figure stares into an orb that swirls like a gas giant, hypnotic and captivating. You lean towards the orb and see a reflection. It looks like you, but much, much older. You! The sea witch looks you straight in the eyes. What was John's curse is now yours to share. Ooh. You jerk back from the vision and find yourself again on the streets of Port Adelaide. John wrings his hands. I'm sorry. It is part of my curse that I must let all who ask see. The sea witch sees through this eye. And that is why I wear the eye patch. The cold shivers through you, the sea witch's curse settling into your bones. If we don't escape this curse, we'll both be trapped here across time forever. John draws you over to his wares. Does his hand feel less cold than before? I owe the sea witch a debt of cargo from around Port Adelaide that I've become too weak to collect. The only way I can get back to England is aboard my original ship, the city of Adelaide Clipper, down by the wharf. It needs to be prepared to sail again. To satisfy the debt, we need to collect at least two of the following items. That would be either flour, wheat, wool, opal, or gold, and at least two parts of the ship so we can return and break the curse on us. And that could be the mast, a ship's wheel, sails, an anchor, or some copper to help clad the hull of the ship. A light breeze picks up and John starts to fade. The urgency in his voice builds. If you can see me, then maybe you can see the other ghosts in Port Adelaide too. Some are friendly, but others will try to waylay you, or worse, take my handbook, which you'll need. You are our last hope. And watch out for the... Before John can finish, the wind picks up and he disappears like grains of sand. When the gust has passed, all that is left is a small leather handbook, a skeleton key on a chain, and a wooden doll. You feel a little faded yourself. You better get moving, do you? Head to the sailmaker and ship chandler building nearby to source parts for the ship. Or... Decide to start by collecting the cargo first. The commercial hotel might be a good place to find some ghosts to trade with. So, what are we feeling? Are we going to be uh, uh, going, oh, and we also have a third one. Or we go in search of helpful ghosts near the council offices off Main Street. All right, so we have either uh, heading to the uh, sailmaker and ship chandler, 
to source parts for the ship, uh, collect cargo from the commercial hotel where we could trade with some ghosts, or find some helpful ghosts near the council's offices. How are we feeling about this, Mark? And where do mm. we want to go? Well, he is trying to build a ship at the end of the day, so maybe that's the most logical way to go. That is true. That is true. We are after a ship. Um, that is going to be our, uh, I mean, we are in a port after all. Um, you know, the promise of, of just some generic helpful ghosts, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm less interested in, right? But like Dubious. cargo or the ship, right? That's that's what we're after. And if, uh, if we're going to go, you know, if we're going to go ship, um i i think that uh i think that that's probably our best bet so we're going to ship pieces uh william uh russell uh which is just off uh a little bit just around the corner here uh, that's so correct onto saint vincent street guy and down this one and then here we are william russell Sail maker and ship chandler. Oh, baby. Let's do this. All right. So we're on the second floor of the ship chandler. Uh, we shall bring up uh, also the, uh, uh, the, uh, the image for that, uh, which is going to be our... This one right here. Ooh, so creepy. It is. Mm. This lovely artwork is done by the uh, wonderful Joan and Rose, um, uh, who uh, who uh, is also based in Adelaide. Um, Victoria Castle uh, runs Joan and Rose. Uh, highly recommend checking out her Instagram. She has some very fun patterns that she does. Uh, but here we are, William and Russell, uh, sail maker, ship Chandler, established in, what is that, 1870? Mm-hmm. Wow. That is old. Um, this is probably one of the oldest parts of Adelaide, isn't it? Yep. It was, um, where Adelaide was first, uh, intended to be settled, I believe, but they didn't, um, have a, a, a fresh water source. Interesting. And I wouldn't really call the Torrens, which is the uh, the river, the creek that runs through Adelaide, a particularly freshwater source, but it must have been back in the day. <laughs> yep, I guess they must have got it from somewhere, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so uh, we are at our uh, ship uh, and, uh, and Chandler Maker. So we are on the second floor of the old stone and brick building has a sign reading, William Russell, cell maker and ship chandler established 1870. You stick your head inside the store to find the walls are stacked high with oddities up to the roof. Dappled light filters through the filthy windows enough to uh, spot an older chap uh, halfway up the ladder rummaging around a jar of pickled eggs like a child in a lolly shop. Hello? You say. He cocks his head and eyes you through thick glasses. You notice a metallic horn attached to a thin chain tucked into his waistcoat, labelled Willie's. 
You wonder if he can hear you through the tufts of hair that sprout from his ears. With a little more volume, you assert. I need a sail, wheel, mast and anchor. Willie squints at you like you're insane, then wedges the thin tubular end of the horn into his ear. You need a sail, a mail, a seal and a last bunker? <laughs> no, a sail, a ship wheel, mast and an anchor, you bellow. He nearly falls off the ladder. All right, all right, no need to shout about it. He sticks a finger in his ear and rings it around to pull out a lump of earwax. Ew! He adds it to a bucket labelled homemade candles. Delightful. <laughs> Before sliding down the ladder, he leans across the counter, hands clasped tight. I'm afraid it's too dangerous for me to fetch any stock. The wharfies are pinching anything they can get a hold of. I'd never hear them coming. Who are these wharfies? You ask. They're bullies. They buy from me and sell to the sailors for a huge markup. I tried to sell them direct, but the wharfies threatened to set fire to my shop. And they're not e that's not even the worst of it. Other things roam in these streets. Things not entirely human. You sigh. I really need those items. Is there anything you can do? He pulls out a small, dust-covered bottle of water from under the counter. You need protection. John Formby might be able to help. Just make sure his animals have enough water. You don't quite understand, but you pick up the bottle and see a label that reads Reinvigoration Formula. Before you have a chance to ask any questions, you're ushered out the door. That's very rude. Uh, Willie points further down St. Vincent Street to a black cast iron structure outside the imposing red brick facade of the police station on the opposite side of the road. Okay, yeah, gonna rotate, rotate, rotate. Police station, hey? Police station. Hmm. It's just off to the left, I believe. Ooh, to the left. All right. Other way. Other left. Other left. <laughs> Other left. Other left. <laughs> Yeah, it's the opposite opposite direction. And then it's down on the right-hand side of the road. Okay, so not looking this way down St. Vincent, but the other way. Yes. This way. Okay. Whee! Whee! Is this the guy we're after here? It's on the other side of the road. Beautiful. Over here. So if you go a bit further down the road, down St. Vincent Street. Excellent. And again. Mm -hmm. There's the police. Hello. All right. This is our police. And then this is our wonderful uh, intricate fountain. So Willie points further down St. Vincent Street to a black cast iron statue outside the imposing red brick facade of the police station on the opposite side of the road. You rush down to discover, let's see if we can get closer into this wonderful fountain because it is very, very nice. Oh yeah. Can you oh, zoom yep. into it at all? Yeah, there we go. Here we nice. are. Um, 
so you rush to discover it is the John Formby Memorial Fountain, commemorating one of Port Adelaide's former mayors. Amongst the fountain's intricate patterns, several creatures become apparent, which you recognise from the handbook. You flip through the sketches, which are accompanied by a passage. If awoken, the creatures of the fountain are said to possess incredible powers. Observe carefully and you will see a powerful griffin a cunning salamander, and a wise crane. So, which creature do we pour the invigoration water over? Yeah, we've we... got a griffin, a salamander, and a crane. And a crane. Nice. So, I am always into the flashy animals. So, like, for me, it would be a griffin. What sort of an animal are you? I'd probably go with griffin, maybe salamander. I just feel like those wharfies, they could be a bit of trouble um, or anything else we come across. So you would All imagine right. a griffin might be a good, good thing to have on your side. All right. All right. So let's do a coin toss then, seeing as we don't have a, uh, a tiebreaker. Uh, let's do a coin toss between uh, the griffin and the salamander. Uh, so salamander tails, griffin heads. Whoop. And tails. We are going the salamander. All right. Salamander. Here we go. So. The iron begins to glow incandescently around the salamander. Fragments melt away and the creature emerges. It leaps onto your shoulder, scurrying from one side to the other, scanning the area before slipping into your pocket to keep cool. The salamander will serve you well, providing bravery and courage, especially when there's the threat of fire. So, we don't have any pieces of ship, but we have a new animal companion. So that's nice. Could be helpful. <laughs> Emboldened by your new ally, do you step up your pursuit for cargo? The Royal Arms Hotel might be a good place to trade or find information. Or do you prioritise finding those ship pieces? There's another ship merchant nearby that might have goods in their corner. Thoughts there, Mark? Mm. Well, we still haven't got those ship pieces, so should we try and stay on the same track? Well, here's the thing. If they're also a ship merchant and this first ship merchant is like, nah, I can't, I can't give you anything because I don't want it to get, to get stolen by the wolfies. What's to say mm. that the other ship merchant isn't like, nah, I don't want anything to get stolen by the wolfies, so too bad I haven't kept any cargo. Like, I, do, I just don't know if like we'll end up with the same troubles. But we do have the salamander now, so that might offer some protection. Mm, maybe, maybe. So, and the question is also like, do we want to visit another ship merchant or um, do we want to go somewhere where there is alcohol, which is the Royal Arms Hotel? And if we're talking about wharfies who are apparently, you know, doing a lot of trouble, I feel like they would probably be doing more trouble where there is alcohol. So maybe you're right. Maybe we should skip the Royal Arms Hotel. Hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. All right, let's do this. Does anyone, uh, We I see that we have uh, uh, Marguerite joining us today. Hi, Marguerite. 
Uh, let us know if you have any preferences for what direction to go. Both Mark and I have read this story multiple times, so we kind of know where we're going. But if you would like had a preferred direction that you want to go, please do let us know. Um, so we're going to go to uh, In Pursuit of the Shit Pieces again. So we are heading to the courtyard um, for uh, uh, this next piece, which is going to be going uh, back down from where we were uh, at the Port Adelaide uh, and kind of turning ourselves around, I suppose. So if we zoom out here and it looks like we're heading down uh, the side street. Um, well, it's not really a side street, it's an actual street street. But it looks like we're heading down here. Wee. How far along are we? There's a gallery there. Oh, there's a restaurant. This looks promising. All right, down here. The bank. The Bank of Adelaide. I think we're definitely on the right street. Yeah. Lips, Lips in the Street. Lips in the Street is a very historic street. Um, beautiful old buildings in that area. They are. Look at all of these. Like, just gorgeous. And then there's kind of like a little bit of a kind of Spanish influence over here as well. In that. That's nice. Yeah. Ooh, and then next to that, that's there's the, the ship chandler. Here we are. Okay. Oh, yep. Yeah, I see that. So it's now a, now a, uh, no longer a ship chandler, but a tea room. Delightful. I think we probably got a better view of the side of the. the it's, look at this! Look at this greenery. Who puts this greenery uh, in, Mark? Those damn land, trees. landscape architects with their greenery. Who put one of those in a street? It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh dear! Why? Why would we do that? Um. <laughs> All right, so we are off to the courtyard. Uh, mm, 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 mm. Uh, council officers, no, we decided not to go there. Uh, wharfs, auditoriums, Royal Arms Hotel. Mm, mm, mm. I should have probably also uh, taken taken the script and uh, and done that, but let's. Uh, I'll do I'll do it from the uh, from the from the app here. Uh, if it helps, I think we're page 24. Yes, excellent. It's uh, It tends to be easier to read it on on, on, on Word, so um, just to because to, it's not a tiny screen. All right, here we are. Lipson Street and Divot Street are lined with impressive stone buildings. Look, look at all of these impressive. Impre look at that one. Impressive stone buildings everywhere. Gorgeous. Um, your attention, uh, you, some appear sunken, cellar windows only partially visible, Ooh. uh, at ground level. You hear cries for help from one of the cellars and rush to investigate, but the cries fall silent. Ooh. Your attention turns to the understated building of Henry Weeman's sailmaker and ship chandler on Nixon Street. It appears closed, but you see a laneway down the side of the store and wonder whether there might be any stuff available at the rear. All right, Google, will you let us in there? Let's see. Let's see if it has any street view around here. Maybe. 
I think it did at one point, and then yeah. uh, it ceased becoming a laneway. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon uh, we can at least get to the back, right? We're, we're at least go. at the, you know, the back of the 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 area there, kind of, you know, kind of. Yeah, I think it's that. That's that, that old building, building just ahead there. And yeah. there's like a lane behind that, but it's all right. We got close enough. That's fine. Um, so you walk down the alleyway to an eerie and silent courtyard. You feel exposed as if someone or something is watching the silence is shattered by menacing cackles that echo through from multiple directions it's then you hear the distant sound of hooves clattering along the road they sound heavier than a horse's and then like a nightmare a darkened figure upon a beast flashes past the end of the laneway junction on lips and street you hastily flick through John's handbook for information. There, a creature of the undead, forged by the rider from borrowed parts of mythic creatures. One slain creature pecked the rider's eyes out, and now it senses its victims in other mysterious ways. The menacing canter stops, and trembling, you look up. The rider's hood is drawn back to bare his face. Its wrinkled, charcoaled skin forms an angry expression, but his eyes are stitched together. The beast he rides has the neck of a serpent, which arches low. Its eyes are completely white. Its fetid breath is thick with the scent of kerosene. A bloated protrusion on each side of its neck pulsates like lungs, and as it draws breath through its gills, lips of fire rise from its nostrils. Drastic measures are required. If you have the salamander, you can rely on it to repel fire. Okay. Uh, if you have the crane, you can use it to escape. Or if you have the griffin, you can attempt to fight the creature. Or apparently, if you've got coal, you could also use that. But we don't. We had the salamander. So we're going to quench the flames. All right. The beast inhales deeply. Before spitting a fireball straight towards you, you summon the salamander, which leaps from your shoulder directly between you and the fiery mass. The flame disperses around you safely. The area immediately beyond it is charred, along with most of the cargo of the surrounding warehouses. Dozens of buildings are alight. The exhausted salamander scurries into your pocket. The beast and your foe are no better off, the fireball having ricocheted back onto them. The rider flails, his arms around, trying to smother himself. The monstrous pair retreat, trailing flames. Looking around, the smouldering remains of the Weeman stock, you see most of it is damaged, except for some copper sheeting. As you touch it, it mysteriously disappears and instead appears as a charm on the skeleton keychain. All right, so we've got some copper, so I'm going to note that down because we're going to need to know that for later. Andy. Mm -hmm. All right, do we, one, fearing your fiery foes may return, head to the safety of the water's edge of McLaren's Wharf, or two, your lack of cargo is causing you concern, so you decide to seek help at the Royal Arms Hotel. All right, so we've been given another shot at the Royal Arms to get more mm. cargo. Yeah. Um, or 
we're a little bit scared of our foes and so head back to the to the safety of the water's edge. Thoughts? Well, it's a tricky one because things are on fire. You know, you would normally try and gravitate towards some water or mm -hmm. there could potentially be something to um, douse the fires with at the uh, at the hotel as well. Mm -hmm. Might be alcoholic. <laughs> could make it worse. <laughs> I feel like we've all done this experiment as children and it didn't turn out well. <laughs> I don't know. Like our salamander obviously got rid of Mr. McScary um, face eyeless man, but the salamander is very tiny, right? And this seems like a very vengeful creature. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, we have been, we have been kind of, going the route of like trying to find ship piece, trying to find ship piece and then um and then um you know like kind of kind of staying in that kind of like water mindset so maybe it is time that we we add a bit of alcohol to the to the flame as it were so we're going to the arms hotel yeah let's do it let's go to the royal arms hotel all right Royal Arms, let's do this. Normally we would walk to that location, um, but uh, but uh, in in this case we are uh, we are um, uh, are uh, obviously doing our street view magical walking. Uh, the Royal Arms is the one on uh, on this corner here, right? Uh, not seeing where you're on, at just yet. On uh, Saint Vincent and Commercial. Uh, I think that would be the Admiral. Um, I think the Royal Arms is if you went out from Lipson Street and left onto St. Vincent, ah, then you would get down. Yes. Okay. So we're going towards more um, uh, the Todd Street Thompson Place kind of area here. So we are... this our Royal Arms Hotel? Uh, that looks familiar, yes. Beautiful. Look at that. Look at that. This is um quite typical of the Adelaide architecture, actually, like the outdoor verandas. Um, they, uh, Adelaide gets scorching during summer. So it's definitely in, in a place that gets so cool during winter, that um that people don't really have air conditioners the the uh the the outdoor um uh, balconies are a, are a must um, yeah you can just imagine uh hanging around on those balconies with a beer mm, as it cools off in the evening yeah absolutely delightful by the by the water you're getting a little bit of uh you're getting a little bit of um uh um um, cool sea air. Cool sea air, exactly. You know, a nice, a nice salty, nice salty breeze, as it as it were. Um, uh, okay, so we are going Royal Arms Hotel, um, which is going to be taking us uh, to um, here. Right, so we're at the Royal Arms, beautiful hotel, in a very nice historic part of Adelaide. 
you enter the Traders District, an area known for its numerous hotels where rival gangs of wharfies and sailors often come to blows, according to the handbook. The sailors bellow their distaste for the Look at them. They look angry. Dare I say, they look a little pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the sailors will uh, bellow that is taste for the wharfies from the balcony of the Royal Arms Hotel as you approach. It, does this have a particular like song to it that that you that you had in mind when you wrote this, Mark, or do you want me to just? Try? I think roll through it. I think when it was narrated, there was a tune that was added to it. <laughs> uh, but you'll have to get into the app if you want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So that's that's your enticement to go check out the story in the app uh, with the wonderful, wonderful uh, Kevin Powers as a much better voice actor than myself. He's very good. <laughs> uh, I know a wolfie who think he ripped off me. Then I sailed back into an English port and sold all for the twice the fee. There you go. Man overboard! One sailor shouts, glancing at you. What's that you've got on your shoulder then? They all stare at the animal perched by your side. Uh, it's my pet. The sailors disappear for a moment and then appear again as they exit the royal arms towards you. They're most curious and, in their distinctive English accents, ask a barrage of questions. I've sailed to the Orient and seen nothing as amazing as that. Our king would be thrilled to receive such a prize. How much would you take for it? Would you part with the creature? You think quickly. Well, I'm in search of some ship pieces to repair the city of Adelaide Clipper. Do you think you could help? Ah, uh, yes. That used to be the HMS Carrick. I used to man that ship. We're struggling to offload some pieces we reclaimed from the wharfies. In return for your prize possession, you're welcome to whatever you need. You list the items you require. You're in luck. We have all those items for the ship. But in terms of cargo, we only have wheat. I'll get the men to transport it along the tunnel to the wharf right away. You reluctantly hand over the creature and ask... What tunnel? Careful, Abbott. The kid could be a spy. It's a bit late for that, Flanagan. The cat's out the bag. Abbott leans towards you, voice low. We intercepted a wharfy tunnel from the dock via our own. Uh, a bit of revenge, you might say. The offer by the sailors appears honourable as metallic charms for all of the ship's pieces and the wheat. Oh, wow. Look, we even got ship's pieces. What is this? All of the ship's pieces and wheat materialise on the skeleton keychain. It briefly draws their attention until a panicked sailor rushes over with news. Captain, the wharfies are assembling for battle on Todd Street, outside the Port Dock Hotel. Ah, oh, that's it. Abbott growls, beckoning to you. Do you see that old fisheries building over there? That used to be a picture of me until the wharfies defaced it. You follow Abbott's finger to the towering building further down St. Vincent Street and the impressive mural there. Oh, it must Time be to sort this out. Once and for all, men, arm yourselves. There we go, guys. This is the beautiful uh, the the image that they're saying that's on the towering building there. Oh, look at that. That used to be him. Um, Abbott shouts and the group militantly assembles. 
So they've defaced this. Remember this, guys. They've defaced this. So they've militantly assembled. Do we, one, part ways with the sailors and investigate the warehouses in search of the remaining cargo? Or do we, two, feel obligated to see the troublesome wharfies get a bit of comeuppance at the Port Dock Hotel? How are we feeling? Are we feeling like a, a brawl? Or are we feeling like um, investigating some weird warehouses? Mm. Well, I'd like to see the Wolfies get some uh, comeuppance. <laughs> also, if we were doing this in the real world, just kind of having a look at this map, um, the warehouses are over here and the brawl is just here. So if we're feeling a bit lazy, I definitely vote for the brawl as well. So well, we've got we've got uh, pretty much everything we need. That's exactly um, right. And that's the most direct route to the water. Uh, that is a good point. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Let's do this. And maybe while the wharfies are distracted, uh, we can uh, you know take a few more things. I'm just saying. Just saying. Okay, so. Here we are. We are at the uh, the corner of Todd Street and Jubilee Streets, right here. Look at all of these beautiful old buildings. This is what I love about Adelaide: is that you know, um, beautiful kind of like slate blue um, stone that's from from different Adelaide hills that uh, that um, that fronts a lot of Adelaide houses uh, in the area. Uh, okay, so. Here we are. We are going to start a fight. Now <laughs> <laughs> civilized. <laughs> All right, we are starting a fight. Uh, oh, good, we're in the right spot here. I can uh, can see this beautiful building with its uh, with its uh, balcony there. Awesome. Okay. So we're down on page 28. Thank you kindly, good sir. Twenty-eight. And we are at the Port Dock Hotel. All right. You approach the Port Dock Hotel with the sailors north along Todd Street to where the Wharfy gang is congregating outside. They are armed and braced for battle. As the rival gangs see each other, they charge. The gangs collide like a disorganized scrum. There's little regard for their surroundings as windows are smashed and carts of goods are knocked over. Among the items scattered, you are drawn to fragments of gold that spill out of a velvet sack. As you kneel to refill the sack, you check to make sure that no one is watching. You spotted by a wharfie from the top of the hotel next to the ship and compass sculpture. Where is the ship and compass sculpture? Uh, it could be on, is it on one of the buildings? Maybe. It might be mounted on top of one of the buildings from memory. There, yeah. is that it on top of that building there? The sort of the yeah, there we go. Tower like structure. Yes, yeah. That one right there. Yeah. Oh, 
Awesome. Um, so you are spotted from a wharf at the top of the hotel next to the ship and compass structure sculpture you hurry yourself with the gold anticipating an onslaught but from the hotel entrance an apparition of a woman appears Ooh. from here she is elegantly dressed in a victorian corset that is laced tight around her waist and a dress that splays out hiding her feet you snap out of the vision to glimpse a dagger hurtling through the air towards you. Suddenly, the lady appears next to you, one outstretched hand shielding you, the other holding the dagger mid-flight. Time seems to stop for all but you and the lady. In her upturned hand rests an hourglass sitting upon its side. Time, like the sand within, has ceased to flow. Your time here is almost up, she says. I sense you're trapped by, by forces not of these lands. I won't allow time to stand still for long. Do what you must before the time is up. She walks back to the dock hotel with the sand timer turned, allowing brains to fall through once again. You glance across the static crowd and see they begin to decay like time is chewing everything up and reducing it to grains of sand. Is this what is happening to John? You fear the same will happen to you if you don't get to the city of Adelaide's ship straight away amidst the swirling sands. As you make your escape, the gold fuses to the skeleton keychain as a charm. Whether or not you have all the necessary items, you're going to rush to the city of Adelaide's ship by the water's edge to escape the conflict on Pod Street and the ravages of time. If you have at least two ship pieces and two cargo items, Tap this link when you reach the ship. If you are yet to find the required number of items, then tap the other link. We don't have links. We have our buttons at the bottom of the page here. So we definitely have all of the ship pieces because the sailors were like, hey, we stole these from the wharfies. These are now yours. Uh, and then we have copper, we've got wheat, and we have gold. So they're all part of the cargo. So I think we got lucky. We got lucky. Turns out drunk sailors, best friends. If you have a ghost curse. Totes. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> this is one of my favorite um, images actually in the whole story. Look at this. Isn't it gorgeous? All right. So we're going to the city of Adelaide Clipper. I don't know if it's still there anymore. Is it Mark? It's been uh, moved just around the corner, so it's now in dock two. Mm -hmm. um, the renovation of the ship has continued and it's well worth a visit if you want to see something really, really authentic and really, really old. Um, they want to uh, develop dock two a bit more, so it's got that heritage focus. Um, and I believe that's where the uh, the Clippers set to stay. I think they want to put it up onto the, the dock itself. Um, which would be quite a quite a spectacle, um, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I, I can vouch for you know it, the experience. It's a very interesting ship to get on board. Um, so it is. It's still showing us here in the street view. So um, although that's from twenty twenty eighteen, so it's obviously uh -huh. been obviously been four years since then. Um, it's progressed, yes. It's progressed, yeah, exactly. So you're saying that, uh, so Dock 2 is, uh, if we're looking at this map here, where is Dock 2? So that's just across the way. So that's Dock, dock 1 that you're, uh, 
yeah. Um, if we can see a little more of the map, it would be the next dock up from there. Um, if so, if you went straight up uh, from dock yeah, one, this guy here. so it's it's next on the other side of the expressway. Um, yeah, and that'll all be uh, walkable in due course. You've still got to drive around there at the moment, but um, there's a, yeah, a housing development going in uh, on that other side of Dock 1, um, but there'll be a, a promenade that you can walk around to get to uh, to Dock 2. So, uh, yeah, awesome. it's all a work in progress. Nice. Well, so this was the Adelaide, uh, City of Adelaide clipper ship before the restoration. Um, and so the this ship, um, is is the ship of the first colonial settlers in, in the Adelaide region. Is that correct, Mark? Yep, and um, descendants of, uh, of that trip still live in Port Adelaide now. Um, and I believe um, the musician for this particular story in the app uh, is a relative of one of those people. Ah, Adam James. Uh, they are a wonderful, wonderful musician. Um, I will have to confirm it with them um, uh, and, 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 uh, and ask, but uh, Adam made an amazing score for this, for this particular piece. Um, uh, it is um, obviously a bit of colonial history, so um, history of uh, uh, settlers coming and taking land that was not theirs, um, but um, they have a lot of... Uh, I suppose, uh, pieces in the local museum around Port Adelaide um, and from from um, and from what you were saying that the new um, complex um, around Indigenous history is going in in the next couple of years, hopefully. That's right, yep, the Aboriginal Cultural Centre. So they've got that and then the Maritime History Museums on Lipson, uh, on Lipson Street and then obviously with the um, City of Adelaide Clippership, um, there's lots of points of interest in, in Port Adelaide to go and visit. Uh, and actually the, the backstory with that City of Adelaide Clipper, um, it was actually uh, reclaimed. Um, so it was um, actually in, in Scotland for a period of time, um, just uh, falling into decay um, on some mudflats um, and so they managed to get a hold of it once again with some grant funding uh, and bring it on a barge all the way from the northern hemisphere uh, back to back to Adelaide. So there's an interesting wow. story in itself. That's crazy. Um, so um, I wonder if we go to the street view here, whether it because how old's this street view? So 2019. So they still had it moved. The clipper to dock two yet that's right yeah yeah all right all right so we're going to stay back where it originally was we're going to go back to dock one i'm going to go back over here so that we can we can get the uh the full clipper experience as it were all right so you briskly approach the ship when John appears alongside you. Thank you for your help. Maybe I can return to my homeland now and be with my family. I've missed them all these years. You reach the ship where John pulls out an ornate wooden chest from beneath his trench coat. He fits a lot of people in that trench coat. You hand him the skeleton key and he places the charms demanded by the sea witch inside. 
It snapped closed with a flash of purple light and, as if being sucked into a tiny vortex, before disappearing into thin air. John suddenly winces, clutching his eye patch. Yet, as he slowly lifts the patch, his face breaks into a wild grin. The purple eye is no more. The curse has been lifted. He starts dancing up and down the edge of the wharf, yelling. I can see. You, too, can see. Also feel the weight lifted off your shoulders. You've done it. But how will we reconstruct the ship? You ask as John returns from his joyful spree. He smiles. You're in for a treat. From the ship, the faint outline of a dozen burly sailors approach. They collect the remaining charms from you and place them across the ship. Each of the charms glow before exploding like stars. Before you stand, a complete ship ready to set sail. John shakes your hand, tossing his dusty old trench coat aside. Goodbye, John. A shimmering silhouette of the ship casts off, detaching from the physical embodiment. You watch on until it disappears out of sight, wondering if anyone else has seen what you have. You look around you, noticing nobody. At your feet, you find a scattering of old wooden toys that must have fallen from John's coat. A cup and a ball, a spinning top and a yo-yo and a skipping rope. You put your phone into your pocket and ponder the simple pleasures that kept people your age occupied in years gone by. The end. So I wonder if we can actually see the restored ship. Let's have a look at this. Uh, Adelaide. Africa ship. Um, I think they've restored some of the uh, outside of it. Uh, and certainly on the inside, it's been uh, upgraded to the point where I think they host um, events on board uh, and they have like you know various meals and uh, live um, live music nice 150th birthday celebration that sounds promising okay so you can definitely see there's a little bit of restoration, like because that's quite destroyed so you can definitely see there's a little bit of restoration there in that photograph I wonder if there's any pictures from from inside. Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Look at that. That must have been when they were doing a bit of the restoration. Okay. I wonder if some of those photos look like from the um, the transfer from from Scotland on the on the barge. Nice. Oh, yeah, like imagine having to try and lift that ship up onto the dock as well from the barge, like something that's that old and made of, made just of wood. You think of what they've done with some of the other um, remaining historic ships, uh, you know, in terms of, of the sort of uh, tourist locations and, and what they've turned it into, things like the um, Cuddy Sark, um, uh, they've been restored to, you know, um, really 
impressive or authentic condition um so to be able to get right up to that um is a a precious heritage experience so i think that's kind of where where they want to get to um but it's still worth a visit at this point uh i just think they've got they've got further plans on what they want to try to achieve yeah oh look so that's a that's an interior photograph of inside the yeah show. you can do nice. you can do tours inside nice How's uh, that from the uh, when it was on the mudflats? Uh, yeah, might be. But this was, of course, all pre um, sort of steam engine. Um, so uh, the steam has replaced all these old um, clipper ships. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have been a, a very different kind of visual experience being down by Port Adelaide at that point with all the old masts uh, and ship sails um, and all over, you know, South Australia as well. That's you'd never know that all these, you'd never know that all these old ships used to exist. Um, let's, let's see how they've restored the, the, the Cuddy Sark. I want to now, now I want to see it in comparison, right? Oh, wow. That is intense. crazy would any of that I mean, be it would... original like anything though with, with it being that restored i think that's part of the draw that that much of it is a part of the original structure um and so because it's such a unique experience it's um you know it's real feather in the cap for um for anywhere that has something like that amazing yeah look at that awesome um we uh ended up on the right side of the tracks maybe with a little bit of a gentle nudge from mark i feel i feel because if we were to tell that it may not have been the best ending <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some pretty pretty bleak pretty creepy endings depending if you end up uh somewhere near the uh the uh, is it the colac hotel or, or hearts mill the hearts mill one's quite creepy there's yeah. another uh another beast down that way <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh including uh some creepy things happening to the the trees down there um some very creepy beasts uh and uh and other ghostly oh, the, the, gl- the glutton <laughs> the glutton yep in the um in the actually this is a really interesting part of um uh port adelaide where the um where the lighthouse is um so that's uh that's the that's the lighthouse uh there it's a very distinctive one um and and you can walk all along this promenade and if you take other um, if you take other branches of the story, this is where you'll end up. Um, That's right. Yep, it stretches right right the way along the uh, the promenade. Um, mm-hmm. Covers quite a bit of the the inner harbour. 
Um, and um, it is it's worth having a you know a good walk around around the water's edge. There's there's a lot to see, a lot to take in. Yeah, um, and you know, great old buildings and and tons and tons of history, particularly naval history, if if that's your your jam. Um, so as as you can tell from from the uh, the uh, little look we got into the uh, feud between the sailors and the wharfies. So. That's right, yeah. and uh, you know, poor, poor Adelaide's only going to get busier. They've got a uh, a rail spur that's going to uh, extend the rail line up closer to the centre of Port Adelaide. Um, there's a number of new residential developments that are, are currently being constructed. Um, so yeah, there's only going to be more more people in future, um, and so yeah, Port Adelaide is is really coming up. Yeah, I um, I. Uh... I, I really enjoyed my time wandering around there. It was it was awesome, um, and uh, so I would encourage all of you um, to to pull up a street view. Uh, you know, grab uh, grab the 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 app and uh, and uh, if you turn on um, if you turn on a spoiler mode in the story, uh, which is in this kind of top menu up here under story settings and turn on spoiler mode. Um, even if you are not in Port Adelaide, you can go through the story and see what would have happened if you had chosen differently to us. Um, and uh, and so it's a, a bit of a fun way to untravel and see a, a new place uh, as well. So um, anyone who's interested, feel free, download Story City app uh, at about.storycity.app. You'll be able to find all the links there. Uh, you can take a, another branch of the adventure and see how you end up. Um, if they uh, want to come and find you, uh, uh, Mark, where can they find you on the internet? Um, under the uh, tag Place Jam 2018 or Groove Jackson, um, either of those, um, on, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, yeah, I still try and post from, from time to time. Um, and, uh, you know, perhaps Place Jam will make um, a comeback, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll see. <laughs> well, I hope so for 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 my own selfish reasons. Uh, I, I I would love to have more more stories um, from you on on Story City. Um, and you know, Story City is available to to any creator. Um, it is free to set up an account to create your own adventures like this one, um, and, and you can do that at StoryCity.app. So thank you everyone for joining us today. Um, next week at our, uh, our our next adventure hour, I should be I should be a better spruker than this. <laughs> um, our our next adventure hour, our uh, our guests are, are going to be. Um, if I check my my uh, my guest creator list here, is going to be Benjamin Brown. We're going to the Gold Coast in Australia. Uh, we're going to be going to an area called. Um, uh, surface paradise which has a lot of street art um and and waterfront and uh bright bright sunny beaches um and and we're going to be uh wizards looking after an occult book of the sun um so that's going to be next week's adventure hour uh, it's going to be on friday here in north america saturday afternoon in uh in australia uh please do join us uh, otherwise uh thank you so much for joining us mark we really 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 appreciate it Thank you very much. It's been a good laugh. Cheers. Ciao, everyone.